Welcome to Nonprofits Let's Cut to the Chase, a micro podcast series brought to you by the Greater Cincinnati Nonprofit News, your connection for nonprofit news and jobs. In each episode, you will join Jane Page Steiner, owner and publisher of the Greater Cincinnati Nonprofit News, as she talks with leaders and professionals about topics and issues of interest to the nonprofit community. Tune in as we cut to the chase and help you quickly gain knowledge and insights on important nonprofit issues. Welcome to Nonprofits Let's Cut to the Chase. I'm your host, Jane Page Steiner. What do donors expect from nonprofits in 2021? Many nonprofits are seeing a shift in the expectations of their supporters. Donors are increasingly looking for new ways to interact with nonprofits. Is your nonprofit prepared to have a different type of conversation with your donors? Today, we'll be talking with our guest, Steve Rosfeld, the Vice President of Development for the University of Cincinnati Foundation about the shifting expectations of donors. Welcome, Steve. Well, Jane, thank you so much. I am really excited to be with you. I have a passion for the nonprofit industry. I have a passion for education and a passion for the city of Cincinnati. And I just really appreciate not only the invitation, but what you are doing to support this community. So thank you, Jane. Well, well, thanks for having us. Well, before we get started, I want to remind our listeners to stick around till the end of the podcast, where we'll hear a fun joke from Steve, as we always like to end with a smile. Also, if you want to learn more about Steve or how to contact Steve, go to our podcast page on our website at jpsnonprofit.com. Steve, let's jump right in and cut to the chase. You've been doing development work for a long time. As you reflect over the last 10 or 15 years, what type of changes have you seen in what donors expect from nonprofits? Over 15 years, Jane, I, I have seen and we have seen Uh, significant uh, trends that are really demonstrating themselves, especially over the last uh, 18 to 24 months. Uh, We certainly understand in in so many ways that COVID uh, and the crisis behind that has fueled uh, change at a pace that we've never seen before. And some of these trends, some of these behavioral shifts were starting to happen before COVID and COVID has certainly uh, expedited what we have seen. So a few, a few data points to, to help frame, frame this, Jane, uh, really around donor retention. Uh, we have seen some research out there, uh, specifically from James Langley, who I'm sure many on, on this podcast know of James's work. But you know he talks about how 65% of first-time donors do not make a second gift. Uh, 90% of donors who start giving are gone within five subsequent appeals. Uh, that really shapes uh, a, an imperative for us as, as an industry. Um, you know, we have seen also, you know, donor journeys um, get really extended um, over the last few decades, really. The number of college-age students uh, will certainly decline by about 18% uh, by 2026. Uh, we've seen donor participation, especially in higher education, the industry I'm in, uh, steadily decline over 30 years. Uh, and the national average right now, Jane, is, is about 10%. Uh, so it takes uh, 
you know, we're, we're seeing uh, the number of college age students declining. We're seeing uh, alumni donor participation declining. And then we're also seeing donor journeys getting extended. It takes about 20 years for someone to get really fully committed to, to investing in a certain institution. Um, and in 1980, uh, it was seven years. That's interesting. Right. So the donor journeys are getting extended. People are becoming, um, you know, more and more um, open with their options in terms of where they invest. Um, and in our industry, uh, we, we, we have to take that into an account and shape our, our, our strategies accordingly. So we're also seeing that along with the, you know, the, the, the extension of donor journeys, you know, major donors, major gift donors are becoming older in nature. The, the median age for uh, a major gift donor um, right now is 62, according to some uh, research from James Langley and, a, and an industry partner that we work with, EAB. In 1980, Jane, that, that median age was 45. Huh. Donors are becoming at the major gift level uh, older. Uh, it's taking longer for them to get fully committed. And um, we have to reflect on that. Um, going back to what I said earlier about the younger population, um, you know, it's becoming clear and clear for us. And this is really important for all of our listeners to realize that millennials, the younger generation, uh, will inherit about $66 trillion uh, by, by 2030. Um, that's an extraordinary amount of wealth being transferred as we speak. Um, we're seeing the average age of, of, of investors, uh, private investors with $25 million or more um, drop considerably uh, down to about 47 as an age. So wealthy donors are becoming younger and younger. Major gift donors are becoming older and older. And we have to adjust as an industry, I guess, is the content is the is the point that I'm, I'm trying to make here. So what does that mean for us? We'll be relying on fewer and fewer donors in the future. Um, it's taking longer for a donor to get fully committed. Uh, major gift donors are getting older. Wealthy individuals are getting younger and younger. And uh, we are at the University of Cincinnati Foundation. I'm sure many of the organizations represented on this call and on this podcast are thinking about that, if not losing sleep over it and shaping yeah. some, of our, some of our strategies to be better aligned with um, the donor shifts. Now you asked very specifically about the behaviors and the, and the expectations of our donors. And you know, not to overly simplify this, but we are kind of thinking about two behavioral categories um, right now. One is the, what we would call, and what a lot of uh, people would call the evergreen donor. Uh -huh. the, the evergreen donor um, has a deep loyalty to a given institution. Um, she or he would be motivated by a, a deep personal gratitude or affinity toward that institution or organization. They are very trusting of, of the leadership, very trusting and more responsive to appeals of need uh -huh. um, for that given organization. Like I said, they're very committed. Uh, you know, these are donors that are consistently donating to that organization for 20 plus years. Okay. You know, Jane, you know what that looks like. Absolutely. Um, you know, and and at the same time, as as I was 
articulating before, the evergreen donors is more and more finite, right? They're getting older. Um, and, and while consistent, ultimately their, their giving will end and we have, to, we have to be mindful of that. So that's the, that's the first category. The second category that we think about um, is what we call the, the donor investor. You know, the donor investor um, thinks about uh, and is driven on transformative impact. Uh, looks, uh, you know, she or he would look for evidence that their gift has led to, to change, you know, that n- normally wouldn't have happened without their investment. Um, they're looking for big ideas, compelling ideas, uh, inspired by, you know, large scale, innovative solutions to local and state and, and, and national, maybe even global problems that they can help solve. Um, they also are really inspired by people. Uh, mm-hmm. credible uh, experts uh, in, a, in a certain area that are the problem solvers. So the, the donor investor is passionate about a problem. They are very prudent in finding organizations that are actively looking for solutions to those problems. And they seek out the, the individuals, the experts, the researchers, the clinicians, the faculty, the, the, the community leaders that are waking up every day driving solutions around them. And that's how they invest. It's far less be, because of loyalty and affinity. Right. It goes back a very long time. It's about problem solving. It's about being inspired to move our community forward. Yeah. So one of the, I mean, sort of based on what you were just saying, which is very interesting data to share with our listeners. And thank you for that. I think that's very helpful for people to really recognize how the environment really is changing. And with this changing environment and new expectation, has it changed how you prepare to talk to donors about a major gift? It absolutely has, Jane. You know, that that intersection between engaging evergreen donors and the donor investor mm-hmm. is about big ideas. You know, and we have to, as, as nonprofit uh, professionals, we have to think about what a big idea really is. Um, it, it should help transform form the community in a big way. It should, it should make the organization that we serve unique in the marketplace. A big idea helps to, um, you know, focus efforts on the, on where the organization's good, but maybe can get better. For instance, a big idea should include areas where, you know, that organization is, is emerging as a leader. Um, so these are the things that, you know, when we start building relationships, we really, uh, do our best to, drive the conversation around rather than, um, you know, you know, just building long lasting relationships. It's about building long lasting productive relationships. And we have to be, we have to be highly proficient in understanding a donor's passion and inspire them around a a problem uh, that the organization that we are serving is looking to solve. Uh, So we're becoming more and more proficient on understanding inherently what motivates and inspires our donors. Uh, so the 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 answer to your question uh, to cut to the thesis, absolutely, we are changing the way we are building relationships, and we are becoming more and more in tune with their passions, and we are becoming more and more proficient with connecting them to the right people and making the case, almost the business case, uh, really, uh, about how the power of philanthropy can can change the world. Absolutely. Before we get back to our interview. Need help recruiting experienced and qualified applicants for your nonprofit job openings? 
posting your job openings with the Greater Cincinnati Nonprofit News will help you reach thousands of experienced nonprofit professionals each week. To learn more, go to our jobs page at jpsnonprofit.com. As you think about um, the overall interesting industry and in, as your individual institution, when you talk with donors, how do you have any insights on how to share the good news and the bad news? I mean, is there a way to talk with donors that you want to be authentic and real, um, but you obviously want to keep a positive spin, but I think sometimes you also want to share the reality. Do you think there's some balance there? Any thoughts about that? Yes, I think it's a very compelling question. Um, and I'll give you a personal example. Uh, recently, something did not go well with a donor. And, um, you know, we, we, we had that open dialogue and we acknowledged the mistake and we acknowledged what we were going to do to fix the problem. And I candidly, you know, we candidly got a response that uh, was very favorable and it surprised us. And, and the response was that they appreciated the authenticity. They appreciated the transparency to your earlier question. And they appreciated that they we're owning it and we're making it better and we're learning from it. Um, so it's not really a lesson for this industry, I think it's a lesson in life. <laughs> when you make a mistake, own it and and get it better and fix it and, and make sure it doesn't happen again. Um, and I think in our relationships that we're building, uh, especially the ones that are uh, very deep and interconnected, I think that approach that we hopefully will take in life will will ring true in the, uh, in the you know the donor relationships that we're uh, we're building. Absolutely, that, I think you're right. That's a good advice across the board, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all you don't want too many of those mistakes. <laughs> you don't want right. too many of those mistakes, but when they happen, you know, I think you just, you know, we need to own it like we would in life and, and hopefully get better. So we're getting close to our time being up. Do you have any final thoughts? Well, I just, um, again, I want to thank you, Jane, for the opportunity. I think the essence, if there is a headline to this discussion, the essence of the discussion hopefully will be, you can't just rely on you know, historical affinity and, and long lasting relationships, we have to find the next generation, we have to find the next donor investor, who might be motivated fundamentally differently. And uh, hopefully, uh, philanthropy will continue to be the, the, the lighthouse in a storm, and, um, and the light will continue to shine bright as we go forward together. Well, thank you, Steve, um, so much. I, I think you've offered our listeners some really great insights. And I really appreciate you taking some time to share your wisdom and insights with our listeners. So thanks for joining us. Before we go, I want to, this is a time Steve's ready to share his joke because we always like to end with a, with a high note. So let's hear your joke, Steve. Well, Jane, I probably gave this more thought than anything <laughs> in the, in the <laughs> days it. ahead of this uh, discussion. So what I'm going to do <laughs> is, is go back to a uh, maybe a couple of jokes that I have been telling for about 30 years of my life. Right. I feel like I was telling, I was telling dad jokes well before I was a dad. <laughs> Let's just say. <laughs> so the first dumb, stupid dad joke that I'll share okay. is what did Delaware? What did Delaware? A New Jersey. <laughs> All right. This is the last one, Jane. All right, what we'll did, take two. What did Tennessee? What did Tennessee? The same thing, Arkansas. <laughs> I know, 
I know it's tough. I know it's tough, but you know what? I wanted to keep my career in line with with uh, the joke that I shared, so I'll just stick with that. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, thanks again for joining us. And Thank don't you. forget, it's easy to share our podcast with your colleagues, board members, and volunteers. You can download our episodes on our podcast page on our website at jpsnonprofit.com. Thanks for listening and join us next time for Nonprofits Let's Cut to the Chase.